Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Has your dog Indy eaten anything as of recent? He'll scavenge anything he can, really. So this is my garbage rescue dog who I think lived on the streets and had to scavenge and is has... Had much more possession aggression, not so much anymore, but he's, he's a much better. scavenger. For listeners, um, can we do a list of his greatest hits of what he's eaten in your home? <laughs> eyeglass wipes, eyeglass cleaning cloth. Oh, the oil cloth. Oh, yeah, an oil cloth. He's gotten a few of those. And you had um, to wait with bated breath to see if that was... There was the first time he did it, and we were like, oh, my God, I want to know he's going to die. What have we done? We waited for it to like come out and it did. And then Brian, <laughs> and, I and then my like glasses. that same week, Brian's like, I found two more turds that had him in there too. <laughs> He's known for um, picking up full cans of beer at pool parties, um, tipping them over and drinking them. He likes to eat um, hot charcoal. Is a, is a fan favorite, but he eats one grape and mommy and daddy freak out. <laughs> take, him to, take him to get, you know, here's $800 so your dog can barf. Right. He so, also eats whole bees. He, <laughs> <laughs> he loves the taste of those bees. That's the reason they're going extinct. Indy. Hey guys, welcome to Side work podcast i'm your host brooke van poplin i'm your host jocelyn hughes welcome i'm your host kyle june williams au revoir <laughs> i'm your host and waiver and bartender andrea wallace i do all the jobs here she does all the jobs she's just we give her a, we give her a dish rag or like a counter rag while we record so she can just kind of keep continuously the they keep telling me i'm doing a great job here right guys <laughs> Everyone, uh, how are we doing with our colds? Everyone over there? We were playing Am I Sick? Now it's like, are you done being sick? I mean, my cold's going away. Yesterday was a day where I had to work, um, and I had to eat lots of throat lozenges yesterday. And little did I know, sugar-free Ricola cough drops um, can give you the worst gas you've ever had. What? what? So, How? I think it has something to do with like whatever bullshit fake sugar chemicals are mm. in there. I had also had like a green juice, right? Oh. And then, like, <laughs> so, and then I was, I was trying not like not to cough and then I was building up with gas and I was like, if I even let out a little cough, I'm definitely going to let out a fart at the same time. Oh God! So I had like to be like, oh, I'm just gonna grab like one thing, um, step out of the room, and I'd like go in the bathroom, and fart out the cough drop. <laughs> you know what? This I happened at work as <laughs> hashtag self care. The rain has made me soft. It attacked my insides, and I was working an event at a house, just another event, and uh, all of a sudden my fingertips went numb. And I got so cold, and I kept being like, "Is it? Is 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 the uh, is the air on? I, I'm I'm confused." And apparently, the guy I was working with, Ross, told me I went gray, um, and I was shivering, and I caught a chill. Yeah, like it's... a legit ninety-year-old woman, or like a legit Victorian yeah. era yeah. chill. I'll, I'll be stone dead in a moment. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Hello, Beth from Little Women." Like, here oh, yeah. I am. That bitch caught a chill. <laughs> like, I got the scarlet fever. Well, like, there was a sick family. I got really sick. There's something romantic about like <laughs> the olden days where like you could just die <laughs> if a, a draft from a draft from a window. Yeah. Like there's something like there's like the stakes are way higher in life. I know. You catch I a chill was... from a drafty window. Ten minutes later, you're coughing blood into a kerchief. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> 
That's yeah. what I'm saying. I thought they were going to find me. It was a brand, brand new house. And I thought they were just going to find me like dead in the guest house because I kept having to go back to the guest house to run my hands under the hot water. I kind of wish. Like, not that obviously I want you around and I don't want you to die, but I love that it was a brand new house and they instantly have a ghost haunting it because. <laughs> Because Kyle died in the spare bedroom. <laughs> well, wait, real quick, too. So you have some new stories working at Brentwood and some customers you've met as of recent. Yeah, Brentwood is, uh, it's like a glitch in the, the system. It's just this weird, extremely white neighborhood with limited resources. Um, and people are flocking you know, to go out to eat because they want to avoid their families and children. Um, lots of white moms, lots of white moms in Brentwood um, love a good lunch together. And um, I had a lady recently come in and complain to me how her therapist was charging her $500 a session three times a week. And then I try felt bad and tried to give her cookies and she told me no more carbs. This headline came out this past week, which I thought was so, oh God, well, A, first of all, it made me feel old, but it asks the question, are restaurants getting too loud or are the customers getting too old? Oh. Mm. I have a couple of feelings about okay. that. Yeah. Is the place you work like rock and roll, baby? Oh, you wish it was rock and roll. It's gangster rap. God, what? Oh, Yeah. It's, we've had a lot of people complain about like, my kid was in here and they're dropping the N-bomb left and right. And it's like our brand. And I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's like fun and upbeat sometimes like, well, upbeat, but it's like, it's a good, I, I like, I love actually the music at a restaurant, but at, after like the eighth day that week. Yeah, man. And, but. And yes, there are eight days in a server's week. In a server's week, right? I, I personally, because now you feel like everything is like this sparse decor. So it's like vaulted ceilings with the exposed ducts. You've got no carpeting, nary a piece of cloth. So you walk into a fucking echo chamber anymore mm. and it's not even that I feel like I'm getting too old I'm like my brain is rattling in my head and I'm here to have either a date or catch up with friends and you have to scream over the other people <laughs> screaming to hear their friends or their date man do you guys feel any which way about that like, I think it depends on where I'm at what mood I'm in mm -hmm. like what I'm there to do I've been to restaurants where I'm like this song's fucking awesome every song they're playing is great I love that it's a little louder I love that it relates to me. This place is fucking hopping. And then there's times I go and I'm like, this place is fucking obnoxious. That person sucks. I'm not having a good time. I can't hear anything. I want to go home. I'm very selective. I'm selective about it. Yeah, Night Market song. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's loud. I go there at there. least once a month, mm -hmm. if not twice or three times a month. <laughs> you love it. It's, it's so, so good. good. Fried chicken sandwich. But it is bright. It is loud. It is, and that's the the tone the chef wants to set. Yeah, um, I get it. I think it's it's a great place. It's a place to go with someone you know well. Yeah, you I know, think so. You can't really hear somebody if you don't know them. It's not necessarily a great place for like a first date, but it's good for everything else. But any restaurant that is like silent and stuffy also makes me like it gives me the creeps. I can't I take that. it. Like if I'm at a bar or a restaurant or more like specifically at a bar where they're like the jukebox stops playing and I'm if like I'm trying to have a normal conversation <laughs> with you like I'll stop and I won't be able to function because there's no music on like it's yeah, a you need to be underscored yes thank you thank you for saying that out loud I'm here and I'm listening oh my god I was at a place one time this was in upstate New York uh going for like a late lunch and it's that part of the day where the the servers have just they've just checked out you know they're like there's one table in the restaurant they're not paying attention to you I get that I I know what it's like to be in that spot nobody realized that song that song season of the witch by Donovan was on loop <laughs> and I was right under the speaker and none of them were paying attention and so like for a one hour meal it kept playing and you'd be like, what is this? It, every, you'd be like, maybe it's over. And then be like, boom, 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 boom. I got stuck in a Donovan loop and I was like, there's no one hearing this. Like 
I think you have to be on top of your sound. In Chicago, they have a house of blues. You know, they have like a blues soundtrack. It's like Blues mm. Brothers. Mm. And that would loop and it would start to slowly drive you insane because it was corporate. <laughs> and they had this like video that played along with it. Oh, God. That would like show the dishes of the restaurant, I suppose, <laughs> with the Blues Brothers music. And you hit a breaking man. point. Wait, like the dishes were going in time, like, like Beauty and the Beast and doing a dance? Like, I don't no, know. no, 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 no. <laughs> But on the bright side of that, we did have live blues pretty much every night. So like you got to see real musicians play and that was that was nice. But when it was on the loop during the day, it could be maddening. Do we have a server submitted story today? We do. Yes. We do. Thank you, by the way, listeners. Please send them our way. Oh, yeah. We want to hear from you. This is from at Boston Server Problems. We like that guy. He's been nice. He's He's been like chatting us up and enjoying the podcast. So kudos to you, sir. Basically, he told us that he worked at this Tex-Mex restaurant when he was younger where the fajitas did not sizzle. Now, if you've ever worked, I've worked in a Mexican place. The sizzle is essential. If you don't have the sizzle, people feel like they're not getting their money's worth. They get angry. They've paid fourteen ninety five for the steak fajitas. Fajitas are plate. always so expensive. And if that is not a hot sizzling hot plate, it doesn't matter how hot the actual meat is. The fucking platter it's served on. Smoking and sizzling. Big deal. So he works at this Tex-Mex restaurant, and it was kind of a joke. He said, uh, you know, did they sizzle? You know, never did. So he had a couple come in before a Celtics game, Boston, um, and they asked, do your fajitas sizzle? Immediately half-joked that they don't, but a lot of people ask that question and usually compare our fajitas to other restaurants more notable, like Chili's. So I don't know if you've got eaten at Chili's or gotten a fajita platter at Chili's, but that's the kind of corporate place that like probably puts on actual oil from a car to make their fajitas <laughs> sizzle because that's more important than the taste of the food itself. So he was like joking that the sizzle, they, you know, they don't sizzle, yada, yada, yada. They kind of just stare at him blankly and he leaves. They eat. Okay. And he walks over to check on them with their non-sizzling fajitas, and the wife is livid, the husband's livid. Who did he think he was that they would possibly go to fucking Chili's <laughs> or know what it's like there? How dare, how dare him? They're season ticket holders of the Celtics, and when they pay, they paid at the bar because they oh, were so furious, and God. then they left. Um, and he said, unfortunately, they left their pretentious white privilege in booth 15. Um, this has happened to me. I... I didn't know, like, that, th- like, there were like sizzle heads, you know? <laughs> there were sizzle heads, but they were more offended of the Chili's reference he made. Oh, sure. Yeah. But right. I've had people doing on it the entire meal. Uh, yeah, get a problem. Um, and they found one. <laughs> I have waited on people where, you know, your kind of standard server fare is like, take a look at the menu. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, that was really prevalent in the natural food restaurant mm-hmm. I worked in because there's a lot of, you know, like we talked about this before, a lot of modifications, a lot of vegetarians. So people would say, Hey, do you have gluten in this? Do you have this? Do you have this? So you would naturally throw it out there. If you have any questions, let me know. The guy grabs my hand and he's like, you think I'm fucking stupid? What? I hate people. Isn't that crazy? Ugh. Yeah. Nobody said you were stupid. Stupid. He's yeah. like, like I Somebody can't read said a menu. He was stupid at some point. <laughs> yes, his mother, and clearly he hates her too, and all women. But no, yeah. he was super violent. It was like really jarring. It totally rattled me. It was like I had to walk to the back and like just take a minute and get some air. But yeah, people that are mad about things like that, I'm I'm sad for you because obviously right. you're lucky enough to be a season ticket holder. You're lucky enough to afford those sizzling fajitas. But when you take it out on a server who clearly isn't wealthy and who clearly is like doing (laughs) physical labor for your benefit and you act like they're an asshole for questioning your status, it's like, get a fucking problem, dude. Right. Get again. I'm sorry you're so unhappy, but 
It's so shitty to do. I'm sorry, Boston server problems. Right? Right? You know, and I I do think restaurants are 100% like a dumping ground half the time for people because you're like, oh, I've I've definitely got the power in this situation. Maybe I'm coming from my job where I'm a lackey on the corporate chain or something like that. So let's go have a power trip at a restaurant and punch down on people who bring you plates of food. How dare you insinuate I would go to Chili's? (laughs) I'm an Applebee's sizzle head. (laughs) I kind of, I sat back with that um, and just let the three of you rage for a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't, for once, I think I I didn't, I didn't rage out. Good. Rage out. Congrats on that. Yeah. I'm trying to, although. How many chilies uh, (laughs) incidents have you had to deflate at work? Well, mine are all wine incidents where they make stupid assumptions or they want, they like, can I have a rose? It's like, it's a rose. Oh no. And and they think I'm correcting them and trying to make them look stupid. Or do you have a peanut grige? Hmm. No, it's a, it's a pinot grigio. And it's not about me correcting you because you're stupid. It's me correcting you so that we're that you know what you're talking about right. eventually one day. So that you can actually get what you want yeah. instead of saying weird made up code words. <laughs> yeah, is it or better? No, we or should or ask. phonetically spe- sounding out what the words People are. are. That lucky is like to have you. Yeah. Would you rather be corrected or would you rather live like, go like through a life? dumb fucking asshole? <laughs> and then kidding. be in a situation one day where you look like a fucking stupid idiot because yeah. like the person that you say the wrong thing to in <sighs> your eyes is better than you. Oh, we are God. sending you out into the world equipped with knowledge. You don't have to thank us. I really, really loved talking about... Hooking up with coworkers, and we've really only uh, got just the tip. You know what I'm saying? Into the tip of the, the iceberg of that topic. So <clears throat> today, I thought it would be really fun to now go further down the food chain and talk about dating your actual co-waiters. Mm-hmm. Even a waitress when you go, you know, it was it was the fucking mid 2000s. So I think it'd be fun to start off talking about happy stories that didn't go poorly sir you know dating another server i don't have any no one has one i've got one i mean i've i've met my ex-boyfriend i don't know if we knew each other in high school i think we knew of each other but we ended up working at the rib joint when i was 18 where i was a cocktail waitress oh ribs with the swinger owners yeah 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 sick um and we had the best time working together he was so funny um maybe he still is who knows (laughs) r.i.p Uh, we used to have so much fun though. And we then worked at a few restaurants together, like as we we became a couple and then we both quit that place and got hired at the place with the Parmesan wheel I mentioned before. Um, Excuse me. Power couple. Okay. Getting rehired together. Okay. We come as a team or not at all. And he was a big charmer. (laughs) Like he's a very charming dude. Very funny. Um, he was, I think he was a good server. I think he, uh, still probably waits tables um or he was i think it says he's a realtor online anyway um (laughs) there was nothing bad there until you know we moved in together and we were living in downtown chicago and i was taking three full class load or three you know three full days of classes and then the other four days i was working and I would work doubles most of those days. Gosh. I was just like hammering it. I just wanted to w- live in the city and be cool and have money. <laughs> so I worked constantly. And he started going out without me. And uh, nope. uh, for all our listeners, uh, nobody likes that. <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes that. Yeah, especially when he was doing drugs. I, I just want to remind everybody out there, uh, Brooke and I have never done cocaine. Still haven't. Um, that no. was his candy of choice. Yeah, it wasn't a good energy for like studying all the time or working all the time and then coming home to somebody who had a ring of cocaine around their nostril. Um, And we would get in these fucking banger fights where we would just be like screaming. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, it was fueled by drugs um, from Colombia. But yeah, um, it ended in a fiery, fiery death. Um, we had lived together. We were not getting along. I started kind of hanging out with a guy I was waiting tables with. Yes. Who now owns a very, very fancy restaurant in Chicago. Um, so he's, he did it, 
But I came home one morning to our apartment, which I had not been staying in because we had been fighting. And it was like, he wanted to stay together but live in different places. And I was like, you can't go backwards from this because he was the one who pushed to move in together. Anyway, I came home and I tried to open the door and like the metal lock was, you know, the, the chain was locked. And I opened the door and you just smell that next day booze. Just come that Ooh. that nasty stale. that that like He'd boy mixed diary. with yeah boy mixed with whiskey mixed with Steel. cigarettes yeah. and tons of cocaine I'm sure oh. and it took him like five minutes to come to the door and when he opened the door he very casually just went and laid like our living room was to the left our bedroom was to the right and I took two steps in I look on the right and there's a woman in our bed. <gasps> And he no. just laid on the couch. You and put said his... this was a happy story. It was in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I came to find out from like the bars around our apartment where we oh live that gosh. he was trying to get laid. Every time he went out, he was making out with people in the bars what? when we were fully together. Yeah, he was bad news bears. So I have a, my story of relationships is, is like the opposite of Jocelyn's where it like starts shitty and it ends well. Oh, <laughs> So I learned really early on um, when I was like a naive, like 19 year old in Omaha, Nebraska, working at a place called Pastimes Bistro. They had live music on the weekends. They had this band that played called Acoustic Groove um, that did covers, like really good covers. Sounds like a Spotify mood. The the bartender hierarchy there was like male aggression to a T. And there was ponytailed bartender named Colin and like long ponytail like slick back ponytail <laughs> always just like a total dick like a low pony high pony what do we it was low it was okay. low it was very 90s um so one night there's like he's like hey I'm house sitting at this place like and there's a hot tub in the basement cool cool so I go like not with the intention of like anything sexual happening I was just like let's get fucked up and party I'm young and so go, and then it's just like me and him in the hot tub, and we fucking also, like. You say hot tub, I am there. Yeah, I was right. like an indoor hot tub. Who am I? New experiences. I'm a young woman. Yeah. Um, so I go, and it's like totally in the suburbs, and like a weird subdivision where this house is, and it's so weird that there's a fucking hot tub in the basement. So it's a weird subdivision. Like, it's just like is- a. It's a. It's just like a, it's a split level house. If you guys know a split level, it's just like a weird suburb of Omaha. You wouldn't, there was nothing fancy where you would be like, it's not, wasn't a fancy neighborhood that had like an indoor hot tub or anything. It was just like a normal split level home. So we had you at hot tub, but, but the, the offerings of where the hot tub was located. Yeah, it was in like a weird, normal split level home basement hot tub. So it was, (laughs) it was anyway. So I'm in the hot tub hanging out and we like start making out or whatever. And then he like goes down uh on me so when he, he comes back he's like very pleased with himself so wait is this in the hot tub this is yeah, in it, the hot tub he the water. so he can hold his breath he's submerged. i was like up on the ledge you okay. know what i mean like oh, okay, he was okay, in i okay. was kind of i had like a foot dipped in and he goes to grab a beer and he takes a swig and it turns out the beer he grabbed was wrong and it was the beer everybody been throwing their shitty cigarette butts into Mm. all night long and he immediately pukes in the hot tub (laughs) (laughs) but did you know that was a cigarette can no and at the time i might might have been like um <laughs> so that happens and then I'm like, well, that's weird. I should go. And then his other friend Ryan's there and they were kind of like, you should stick around and like hang out with both of us. And I was like, um, no. But then the next time I was at work, he I told everybody that like I fucked him and his friend, which like even if I had, like whatever, fuck you. Like, you don't don't go telling everybody about it, you know? And specifically, word got around to like this one line cook named Wu, who already like just said just the most disgusting things to me on the regular all the time about the things he'd want to do to me. Um, and when he found this bit of information out, things got really escalated and fucking out of control. And I was like, probably, I, I feel like I was like pretty severely sexually harassed and like had to laugh it off. And I like, I don't ever remember. I remember saying things, but nothing. I'm not sure anything was ever done. Um, but God damn it, that guy fucking sucked. And like, luckily I like quit soon after, but like the happy ending yeah, of I was this like, I'm waiting. is that I'm like, waiting. I, I learned my lesson at like such an early age and then it just, 
then there was no trouble the rest of my like waiting tables career. And I would certainly have like really amazing relationships with um, men and like fucking work crushes. Waiting tables is like being in, it's like the theater. It's like, it's like being a theater kid. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the equivalent where it's like, you it's like have behind these, stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rowdy, obnoxious. Yeah. Like it's like, it's like, and having just work crushes, it's like the dry humping, right? Of like, <laughs> oh, yeah. status of, yeah. But Always never went, never, ever went there again. Learned very, very young. I just like to think that I learned how to have more control in the situation as I got older. When I was 19, everyone was like fresh fish and I'd never been in that situation where I was like, why is everyone circling around me and interested? Because I was so naive to the world of older men because this is my first time working in a situation with much older men than me. 40, 30, even mid-20s when you're 19, mm. you don't realize how depraved it can get. Yeah. You'd only been messing around with like, you know, guys your age at that point. I, I fully was 100% trying to have a relationship with someone who is 21 in a band. I was 19. He was a server and I was a hostess. So that was real scandal because the co-servers the the female waitresses they hate you yeah are you kidding me they hate you if you're a hostess and i now understand we're dumb little dipshits who seat them all incorrectly and then of course you know the boys come up and flirt with you for better seatings and you don't understand you're being worked you know but i did have uh a relationship uh a secret relationship if you will you know it wasn't my choice. I was his secret. Oh, wow. <laughs> One of those. And because I was like, but I love you. You you look like Morrissey. You're so goth. Like, Hey, if there's uh, everybody listening, if there's any reason um, that you're with somebody and they try to justify keeping your relationship secret, it's not good. It's not a good and, thing. Uh, it's not cute and it's not fun because you're secret for a reason. And if you are 19 and hearing this for the first Aww. time, it's it's tough to hear it, but maybe you can learn something you right now. You can do now. better. You can do better. You learn. If, if you were 19 in your early 20s, someone's keeping you secret, it's not a real thing. And turns out he had uh, a girlfriend who I will now refer to as Vampire Weekend because uh, she was like a goth vampire. But only who, on the weekends? But yeah, maybe only on the weekends. Like when I did finally see her come around, like she would wear like patent leather corsets. Oh, yeah. Lit- literal situation. I was a little bit like, whoa, I'm like a chubby Midwestern girl. I'm a little out of my league. But we connected so hardcore on music. And like, le- and it, he couldn't believe I had musical knowledge because he was in a band. He's now in, he's in the Electric Six. Um, which is funny. I haven't connected with him in a long time. But one of my favorite stories of dating a coworker at that age is I was still living with my parents, driving to this job during the summertime, and they didn't trust me. You know, they were like, "Wow, this is a big deal. You're kind of driving close to Detroit to go to this job. You come home, please." But they didn't know we got to get you know go into the local bars because I'd walk in with the coworkers who were totally of age, and they mm. just kind of put me in the middle of the pack and shuffle me into the bar with them. I was like, "I'm not coming home, mom and dad." But I'd be borrowing like my mom's Jeep, so she'd be like, "Yes, you are coming home." So I stayed over one night with uh, Fake Morrissey. Didn't say anything about it because, you know, you want to make something happen. I hadn't had an adult sleepover with someone at this point. And so I didn't call. I didn't come home. My mom waited maybe a total of two hours before filing a missing person (gasps) report. And my dad was a police officer. So then they branched out to the Royal Oak, Michigan Police Department who then went and scanned the parking lot behind Memphis Smoke at Royal Oak where I worked, saw that my mom's Jeep was parked there with no one in it. So they fully took it as she was... Abducted. Abducted. Uh, but I was staying somewhere in like Hamtramck with making out with a guy who absolutely had skid marks in his underwear. I remember that very clearly. Uh. <laughs> like, come on, boys, learn how to wipe your ass. Uh. So I finally get on the phone and call my mom and that moment of her being like, ah, like just so mad. She's like, you come home right now. And it's a 25 minute drive back of just dread and shame. And I walk in and I shit you not. My mom had already busted out old VHS videos of me and was standing in front of the TV weeping and watching videos of me as though I had already passed. (laughs) 
Oh my God. So that would have been a great first lesson, but I don't learn easy. I started a relationship with my other manager, Colton Batts, who was also goth. He would wear black, uh, the same black suit every single day. And we thought he owned many black suits, but he only owned this One black suit. Stinky oh, black no. suit. He he carried an odor with him that was everybody saw Sexy. everybody smelled but me. He's yeah. like a head to toe apron. Yeah. Dirty work apron. Yeah. And one night we had started kind of, we were really flirting with the idea of dating. I don't know. And everybody had left the restaurant and the uh, kitchen was located downstairs. This was in New York. Of course. And um, he was downstairs in the office where the kitchen was. And I was cleaning up upstairs and had finished and was trying to be sort of like sultry and like meet me, meet me like at the top of the stairs and he was at the bottom. I was at the top and I slipped and I fell down a flight of concrete stairs. And then when I got to the bottom tripped, um, cause I tried to stand up and catch myself and fell into a vat of coleslaw, like a large vat of coleslaw. <laughs> Couldn't get out. It was everywhere. It, the coleslaw was Creamy. everywhere. There was, um, we had to figure out. We, I had, I was covered in, I was covered in coleslaw. Creamy. Yeah. Or Yankee. Creamy or oily. It was, mm, it yeah. was. Can I, can we, I ask a question? Yeah. Did you seal the deal? Did you? Oh yeah. <laughs> but not there, not at the restaurant. Not in but, the vat of coleslaw. I mean, there were so many red flags. He didn't put any clothes away in a closet at his home. He just put them in trash bags and they surrounded his bare mattress on the floor. Uh, <laughs> God, we're so forgiving about dirty boy mattresses when we're young. Oh, so forgiving. He, it, he rode a skateboard everywhere. So coleslaw went everywhere. Um, we had to clean it up. We were there super late. And then he had to tell them the next day that it went bad. But apparently there was footage of me falling in the coleslaw. I had to ride the train home and I was just covered in like white, dusty, <laughs> dried up coleslaw. It was... It's interesting how you say coleslaw. Is, is it? It's coleslaw. Col coleslaw. <laughs> I think she said coleslaw before, but coleslaw. I think she said it coleslaw. so many times. I know. Coleslaw. Codependency. She's just got, Co she's she, yes. she had to yeah. dive first she face to, into yeah. it. And I, yeah. I also like, I you know, I, I really banged my body up as I'd well. Well, oh, good thing you let it into that soft vat of coleslaw. <laughs> soft land. I mean, it sounds like a National Lampoon oh, yeah. works like at a, a restaurant. Yeah. Girl, you could make money on the internet doing this. Oh, yeah. Falling into vats of coleslaw. Falling into coleslaw. The amount of things that I fell into working in a restaurant. Now, my words. The thing, though, that makes it so fun and why you don't learn your lesson is there is that little spring in your step when you are into someone and you're going to this job and it might be a tough job. It's the only thing that gets you through is someone like pulling you into the bathroom to make out real quick mm. or the walk-in make out real quick where you have little codes like, oh, I need some more ketchup. Can you help me get some <laughs> more ketchup? Never, I never, it didn't happen to me. I didn't do it. Well, I, I feel like before there was online dating, bar, bars and restaurants were kind of your version of real life Tinder. Oh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I remember I'd get a new job and either everyone would be sizing you up because mm. everyone's banged everyone else already. And so they're like, all right, like new girl or I too. Like I was a heat seeking missile. You go in, you quickly try and get the dirt. Like, all right, who's sleeping with one another? I mm. need to know. So I'm not stepping on any toes, you know? And then people would lie anyways, because they weren't being open about who they were really dating. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you go in and you're like, this is like singles. I'm single and ready to mingle mm -hmm. up in this, up in this restaurant, bitches. I only acted professionally at my two last jobs in New York as a waitress because a at the vegan place everyone was a vegan, vegan. <laughs> and I don't I ain't dating that noise you know or they were all like aspiring actors which is also like no thanks because I'd never been around aspiring actors before until New York we're the worst right and then James when I worked there I just genuinely 
really enjoyed all of my coworkers. Everyone was either and I dated on. them instead. You, Kyle dated them instead. <laughs> I just went after a chef in the back for a little bit. He was a little bit intense. I really got a crush on him though. He would bring his own vat of duck fat in a bucket and wheel it in on a skateboard to make, I was just like, wow, this guy's dedicated to cooking. <laughs> and, uh, it turns out he, I think he had definitely gotten out of prison. Not too much. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. got out of they prison don't really not hold that, that against ago. you in the kitchen. No, they sure don't. And I think I finally worked my way into, cause he was so intense and I was like, no, come on. I'm fun. I always go after the mess. You know what I'm saying? The one that you shouldn't. There were all these very, very nice guys at that restaurant. I was like, I've got my sights set on freshly out of prison cook. And yeah. thank God that didn't go anywhere because he had a girlfriend and, and that put the kibosh on that. But I ended on it. By his note. girlfriend, you mean the duck fat bin? They put the a duck wig on at night and lipstick <laughs> on? Bed? Uh, so how are we all how are we all weathering our seasonal depression right now? We doing okay? You know, I have moments of uh, of um, sanity and clarity, and then uh -huh. I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill. I will take blood on the freeway. <laughs> I did break out the Philips Hue light, you know, the like depression light. The sad oh, lamp? The sad lamp. The yep. Sad I was going to give it away when we moved. No. No. And I didn't. And ours even has, my mom really stepped up for the Christmas gift and got me the kind with the travel case because the bitch knew. Ooh. And thank God, because I wrapped it in its travel case, thought it was headphones and didn't discard it when we moved. Yes. And I just busted it out again. It's almost harder sometimes it, here. <laughs> just been it. distracting myself with healthy living. Good. Yeah. I've girl. been like indulging, counting points and going to the gym. There you go. And it's paying off. Hell yeah. I'm, it's something I'm all you for control it. and I'm, you feel in control I which do. usually said is making you feel like you're not there we go well that is i mean wiser words from today's guest um <laughs> our very good friend who she's currently appearing in oh so many commercials Aww. she's a writing wizardress a sorceress sorry a wizardress what that works i'll take a it wizardress. i'll take all of it but most importantly uh she she dons the apron. She donned <laughs> her apron and she put in her time. Please welcome to Sidework Podcast, Brandy Barber. Hi. Yeah. Thank you for having me. First of all, I'd like to say, I just want to say, Brandy, you're so soft spoken and have, have such a lovely speaking voice. I feel like this is a very NPR type oh, yes. interview. Very Terry Gross. <laughs> very Terry. Oh, oh very wee Terry. Wee. That's such a good <laughs> fan page name. Wait, can someone start that podcast? I think we have very you Terry. Can have it. Just just pay me. That's all. <laughs> oh my God. No, Brady, you just have to take it over. Cause you could do, cause I, do you listen to a lot of podcasts yourself? I do. I'm a bit of a junkie and I, we love criminal and oh, Phoebe. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe judge. She's always like, let's what should we give some? Hi. Please. I'm Phoebe. Okay. I think mine's pretty Hi. It's Phoebe. Oh, yeah. That's really good <laughs> what you can't see is both of these ladies had a very particular jaw set that they utilized <laughs> while delivering those intonations. You really have to relax the whole face. Yes. You yes. have to relax your persona. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. And just trust. Honestly, I would be. If we just sat here for 30 <laughs> minutes and just kept saying that back and forth to each other, uh -huh. I'd be tickled. <laughs> just like talk about like getting rid of seasonal depression. Yeah, yeah thank you. This is the first laugh I had today. And. <laughs> And it's well after four. So, Brandy, you are originally from San Diego area. Mm -hmm, North you County. Are North County. You are a SoCal gal. Yeah, sure. What you say. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of us do. Some of us do. <laughs> that's not... I'm going to roast you on that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. I was like, that's what us Michigan folk call SoCal people. Uh you know, but so you love your your three eleven and your Sublime. Oh, that's totally. just completely wear your Vans. Yes, and that's, that's I be all jamming. I, I be jamming is what the kids I heard they said one time at a Journeys with a Z, but in the mall, it's a little blood sugar sex magic. Oh, sure, oh, with, yeah. a with a K, with a K, with a K, because that's the kind of magic that's the dark magic with oh, a K. Is yeah, it? yeah well, man. Also, the dark magic is the dark. weave on his head that he had on at the fucking Grammy ceremony, <laughs> but. FYI, he's he took the, the weave right after Volta's head and put it on his and marched out there. Oh, Anthony, oh, dear. you're almost 60. That, that bowl cut is not fooling anyone. Is fail. Prince, he looked like Prince Valiant. I'm sorry. This off topic. Just sharing. Nope. nope that's Just sharing what we thoughts. Do. So I'm curious uh, because we didn't get to know each other till about mid 2000s in New York. And Andrea met you through me probably not 
too long after that. Yeah, like yeah. the late two thousands. Lady friendship uniting. I want to hear a little bit about your service industry origins totally. and if you started here in uh, SoCal. In the SoCali. In the SoCali. The six one nine, as we call San Diego. Uh, so let's see. How did I get started? Well, first of all, I, w- I was thinking about this today. I was actually terrified to ever apply for waitressing jobs because, and this is, I think you'll understand if you were to see me as a teenager and where I grew up, which is basically on the set of Baywatch. Um, I was like surrounded by these really beautiful beach meant people. You know, they were really meant for the beach. Yes. And I am not. I am whiter than the whitest white and um, tanning is a foreign concept to me. Um, and basically was born with skin cancer. So everybody seemed to be like perfectly, like had perfect, like budding breasts and rounded buttocks and was glistening. And I was like sizzling, burning nightmare. And I was also goth. So like one time yes. my parents tried to make me go to the beach and I was beef goth, uh, beach goth, beach goth. I was going to say, do you, do you enjoy going to that new festival during the summertime <laughs> called beach goth? It's premium tickets, premium tickets. I heard it's like a huge you festival just like pass. sit in a bed of sunscreen. Like yeah. In, in the yeah. The stage and pout and talk about how your parents <laughs> and the capitalists are evil so uh let's see i was i was very much an outsider in that sense okay. and it just seemed to me for the same reason i was afraid to move to la and instead opted to move to new york for performing i was like i won't i'm not meant for this i really and you know this is before character and eccentric and quirky all the things i hear daily when i'm sent breakdowns which means good right yeah. um means sexy lady uh all of those things were not what i was i was like or or what I was, and that's not what I was seeing on the screen. And it's certainly not what I thought when I would go to like Chili's and there was like these busty buxom ladies. I would go with my parents. I was like, there's no way. I was too afraid to apply for a job because I was like, I'm not pretty and you have to be pretty to be a waitress. And um, I was actually terrified. Isn't that hysterical? Where did I, I don't know where I got that. Well, there's a mystique about it too. Like maybe it's it's like I'm pretty and I'm also serving up a side of sass. Yeah. And I was like, there's great power and responsibility in bringing people food. Yes. There you're in, it's a power relationship. And I was the person that didn't want to play sports in high school or junior high because I hate being yelled at. So of course I didn't. I mean, I don't think I knew how much yelling I would be have, having directed <laughs> towards me as a waiter. Had I known, I would never have pursued. I did work at a really Tony, she-she, like the pinnacle of pinnacles of fancy fine dining right before I moved from New York, which enabled me to move here on based on what I earned alone, not even counting my husband's salary yep. at the time. So I went from being like working at a place where it was basically like, can I have a job? Yes. You like that was it to being a captain at like a restaurant that had three month out bookings and they would turn away celebrities regularly. Wow. And in the training process, there was probably pretty, was it intense? There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of crying. They made me cry for, I think, entertainment. Um, <laughs> I watched them make someone cry every day at staff meeting. They fired people constantly for like not knowing the answers to questions that were just made up about the menu that didn't even exist. It was, it was like, I think doing live comedy where it was like you were being heckled constantly and how you each moment, how you locked eyes with that heckler and were like, this is how I'm going to deal with you. If you didn't make the right choice, no one was going to be with you. Same thing. Like if you didn't answer in a way that was flip or cute or made the chef laugh, just pack your apron and leave. So it was a chef who was doling this shit out. The chef and the, and the GM. Yeah. I can't. Cruel. cruel. They just like fed each other's fucking bullshit and oh it's just mouths a bunch and... of butt sniffing i mean i liked a lot of those people i did but the way they treated some of the employees i was just like good god we're not doing uh, neurosurgery well, we're serving the rich and yeah. famous spoiled inbreeds of new york a, a, a roasted chicken everyone sit the fuck down but of course i wouldn't say that out loud because they would make me cry and take my apron and i wouldn't make you know a thousand bucks a night and, yeah i'm a little interested just because we haven't had anyone on the show yet like really delve into a little bit of fine dining well let me tell you this I was picked for a specific reason. And I remember one of the people that hired me said to me, I I was very nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I know what place setting should be. And I I happen to know this because I have a naval officer father. That's the only reason I know. And um, I happen to know that like when you're at formal dining, you have to do this because of events that we had to go to. Um, And some like charity stuff that my mom did. 
I know it doesn't mean I observe it. I do as I please. I pick up whatever <laughs> fork I want, but I'm aware. But I've never had to lay it out for another guest or anything like that. And I also, I just didn't know all these nuances. And there are a lot of nuances with yeah. fine dining. It's so much about the performance, the theatricality. You guys can't see me, but I'm like moving my arm in a certain way that is... <laughs> Slightly <laughs> scary, but also sort of showing the sweepingness of what the act is of serving people. And so I said this to the guy that hired me, and he was like, don't worry about it. What you have, we can't teach. And I was like, awesome. If only that could be a job. <laughs> I literally <laughs> could like, like level up to that salary and that type of respect my entire life. We're working on it. So he was really kind to me and sort of took me under his wing and showed me what was up. And a lot of it is, it's just people are not just paying for the food. They're paying for the performative element and aspect. They're paying for the space, for the aesthetic. They're paying to be seen yep. eating and enjoying. They're paying to see others eating and enjoying. It's very museum-like in that sense, if you're someone who enjoys going to see and look at and uh, take an art. And so... It's funny because I never saw myself in that role either. I didn't think I had what it took. Once again, imposter syndrome, exactly as you said. I was like, I'm not a captain. I'm not a captain at a, at a French restaurant. And here I was in this like apron that cost more than the shoes I had on. Wow. <laughs> and um, that had to be like signed out to me. And like these like, I, I mean, it's, it's insane to talk about it. Like they issued us a uniform where we had two shirts that were hand designed for our staff by, um, uh, Brooks brothers, uh, company called black fleece. I think uh, okay. it was called. So we had to go and get them made. I mean, it was more expensive than wow. any shirt I owned at the, at the time. Everything I had was from old Navy had still have. And, um, <laughs> and like my jeans were paid for by the company. The jeans were more expensive than any pair of jeans I had ever bought myself. They issued us these sneakers that were dead stock, um, Nikes that were, you know, if you were to buy them off the internet now, I still have them because they were given to me as a gift when I moved, um, three or $400 and I wore them on the floor and we had to check them out every night and sign. And when they wore out, they would buy us new ones. So my, the investment spent on me coming in was close to two or $3,000. And I was one server in like a pool of 20 of us. It was all performative. They were coming to have you not just put food on their table, but take them on a journey right? with the way you talked about the food and the way you described the food and the way you, um, well, Brandy, I'm already mesmerized. Well, Just listening to you talk clearly. is already, that's why I think you're great at the job. That was definitely your swan song yeah, of New that York. Was the last time I served, it was a, it was it was so much a swan song. And Stephanie uh, Dandler's book Sweet Bitter had just come out, and I was reading it while I was working there. And while hers was sort of a semi autobiographical account and had a lot to do with the sort of love triangle, and it's a lovely book mm-hmm. if anybody hasn't read it. I was it, thinking I about it the entire time you were describing yes, your job. Actually, it really felt like there were many elements of her sort of indoctrination into fine dining, um, how she sort of tumbled into the job. And I really felt a lot of that similarity. It was very much Alice through the looking glass. Like here I was this Smith street, you know, early Brooklyn two thousands ding dong that was serving like ironic curly fries. And all of a sudden I'm (laughs) serving like white truffles that cost like a hundred dollars for just the first ounce, you know? And it was, uh, it was actually lovely. I don't miss it. I was exhausted. The shifts were not, it wasn't like normal restaurant shifts. You came in two hours early and did so much side work. So much detail. Folding and this and that and the other. And um, family meal, it was um, for such a lovely restaurant. Not exceptional. I was going to say, I was like, okay, so the family meal where I worked and it sucked. This is probably what, you know, because we we served um, a chicken thigh and breast as Mm -hmm. our, you know, one of the mains. So, every meal would be all the drumsticks. Yeah. You know, and so it it would just be like, oh, we might have some nice herbs and whatever and it'd be a side salad and drumsticks. I actually got real skinny on that job because... On the Atkins diet. Yeah, I was like forced on the Atkins diet and then you run your ass off for a whole shift. Did they charge you? You know We got charged, which I was so angry about. For your family meal? Yeah, we got taken out of our check. Isn't that dreadful? And a lot of places do that. They do. I think if I go back and look, it wasn't an exorbitant amount, but yeah. It was like four bucks. Mm-hmm. But I n- nearly, I'd say 80% of the time didn't eat anything. But because it was charged. about to be spoiled salads. You know, I don't care if it's hand-picked mescaline greens from like a fancy schmance place. It's still not, I wouldn't eat it 
regardless. And like on Sundays, this was the worst because we'd just been through the huge push of the weekend. They would actually serve, you're going to laugh, Brooke, hot dogs and curly fries. They would go serve us frozen, like Cisco. Is that what it is? Yeah. There? Yes. Yeah. They would like put a tray out and I was like, uh, I, I like a, this bitch like a hot dog. Not that day. I'm not going to eat a hot dog before I have to wait an eight hour shift. And we were on eight hours. Like, I'm going to eat it after. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, that's and like a lot of gin. Yeah, right. After <laughs> a I have a few cocktails, I'm going to eat two hot dogs uh, in a stairwell. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go to what was it called? Criff Dogs and jam <sighs> something deep fried in my face. Yeah, it was. It was wonderful. It was definitely a swan song. I was like, this is going to be my passport out of this town. And I couldn't have hoped for something better. That's so cool because I, I do look at that as you were making bank. Clearly, yep. you were doing great financially. And I feel like you with all of us uh, you know, who do waitressing while we're working on other things, mm -hmm. there's also something really nice to have the job where you're like, I'm not just being um, – a shitty run-of-the-mill waiter anymore while I'm angry that my other career isn't working out. I went through a nice little phase where I was becoming responsible and cared and tuned into the job and being a good waitress and also succeeding like with writing and comedy. Mm -hmm. It was like a lovely crossroad to sort of be like, is this what being an adult is like? Leaving on good terms with a skill set? Mm -hmm. Not getting shit canned? Exactly. What's that like? <laughs> so speaking of, um, prior to, am I allowed to say we can yeah, leave it you out. Can say it. Okay. Prior to you having a really lovely experience, <laughs> New York exit at. I mean, they um, gave me a stand. They gave me like a standing ovation. What? It was so lovely. Damn. I mean, they I didn't really get one lovely of people. You one of those? Because yeah. I I petered down to just keeping my brunt shift, and then that's so everyone was like, "Where's Brooke, anyways?" Because I was she still work here. Because I was always like on the Saturday brunt shift, and I saw none of my old coworkers anymore. But um, prior to things being really fancy, I don't know, Andrea. Did you ever get to visit us at Trout Pacifico? think so no. gravy no i know joss did joss was oh. like the compound of all the different places yes. right yeah. yeah i don't know how else the to compound, describe you're it so right it was a creepy hipster compound full of ding-dongs yep so many so many brooklyn well, ding-dongs kind of yeah it, it, it was like a hipster romper room with restaurants <laughs> on every side of it in quote restaurant in quotes yeah. right yeah. so um and i know you ended up moving over there because you worked at the little place called snack which was the same owner his name was jimmy right yeah he was one of the partners along he was uh, he had his hands and still does by the way i heard they got into a lot of trouble yeah somehow he manages to keep getting out of it damn yeah okay i don't know it's a whole thing a lot of man. cash cash problems oh, they were cooking the books cash uh -oh. only there um, was some i won't yeah i don't want to get murdered but there were some <laughs> dealings yeah mm -hmm. i need to back up real quick and describe so the front diner was gravy. called gravy yes. then if you walked to the right there was a takeout pizza shop which mm -hmm. changed uh, many times into different things but yes it was a pizza place with a very expensive malused pizza oven it was Didn't so weird sense. but mm -hmm. then you could walk through that and almost cut through a, a gross little hallway by the bathrooms then you could go out the side and be in the outdoor bar called trout mm -hmm. and then if you just cut through the kitchen which customers weren't allowed to you'd end up in the kitchen of pacifico which was the mexican restaurant which was that the premier was... place in brooklyn when i first moved there were like oh, lines out the door love that like, place it was like hopping and by the time well, I quit right before they closed uh, with no notice a day before Christmas and bounced everyone's checks. But <sighs> yes, it went down that road. Yeah, it was bad. Okay, was bad. so I was working lunches at Gravy, uh, also probably a solid 50 pounds heavier from a diet of 19 margaritas and baskets of uh, fried calamari every day. Looked we like I was going to pop. Yep, We were all drinking. And a salt bloat. My face was so shiny because my skin was just stretched to the limit. Um, it's all right. It was a really, really you, fun time. You beautiful. Always, oh, you're, you're very sweet. It's cute. I would ride I'm my... actually not. And I love you, and you were very pretty always. But you're 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 sweet. But anyways, <laughs> felt like garbage on the inside. As did we all, my friend. Yeah. As did we all. So the money was pretty bad at Gravy. Like it was okay. <laughs> yeah. I was sustaining. I was subsisting off other jobs to make ends meet. But then when the summer really started raring, they opened up Trout, 
I yes. got dibs on some trout shifts. Yes. And, and that was a money maker. That was an outdoor bar till 4 a.m. Oh, my God. We made money. And it was also at that time cash only. So we walked with cash. We had so much cash. Rolling in it. Yep. And I had gotten shit canned unfairly from, <laughs> probably fairly. That was where I used to sleep under my desk at an ad agency. <laughs> Um, not at night during the day, just so we're clear. I had a home. Um, I would just be drunk and I had to take a nap and everyone was being loud. And I was like, and I would go under my desk and then put my chair in front of me as if people walking by (laughs) couldn't see see me. (laughs) One time my boss came and like, I had a snack drawer, of course, because I'm a human. (laughs) And my boss came and was like digging through my snack drawer. And I literally watched him be like, look at me. And then he just went, oh, Brandy, closed it and just walked away. (laughs) (laughs) he yeah that was a whole other thing so I got fired and so I had unemployment this was many years ago and it was in the early 2000s (laughs) and then I paid my debt to society because I got caught for misbehaving so anyway I had youth is real youth is real growing up uh, oh boy so yeah lots of cash so much cash too much cash um this was when you had the the this is my favorite brookie story by the way I was so enamored with Brooke. I thought she was the coolest. I couldn't believe she wanted to be friends with me. I still can't sometimes. And um, we're going to make out. And she, I remember her telling me that she kept all of her money in a shoebox under her bed. (laughs) I was like, why don't you have a bank account? Even I have a bank account. She was like, like, ah, fuck it. I was like, I'm not allowed to. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to. (laughs) Why? Oh, dear. It's another. It's a long. It's like I had. (laughs) The, the, the divorce I went through was oh, not right. going so great. Oh, I had honey. bounced. I had overdrafted every account in Chicago. So I went to all check cashing places Yeah. if I ever got paid with a check. And yeah. then when I got yeah. paid in cash, all my money just stayed just in a box it. under my bed. Whoops. So this had happened when I was at Pacifico. Very crowded restaurant, not a lot of space to move in. That's the phenomenon of the Brooklyn real estate restaurant where they, if, what, there's an open broom closet on Smith Street? Let's open it up. It's a new, uh, new American, new age, it, let's call it um, turnip. Let's, let's call it standing room. Yeah, standing room only, wink, wink. And it's only open on certain, I mean, it's ridiculous. So, there's not a lot of room to move around. And when a restaurant's crowded like that, you have to really maximize your space. And I'm not small. I never have been. I'm 5'10 and um, I have long limbs. And so (laughs) I'm trying to like navigate between these tables and figure it all out. And I have an apron tied around my waist, as many of us do, (laughs) to hold, you know, checks and pens and shit. And a very drunk ding dong who was part of, I would say, the new wave of, um, I, I refer to them as sorority trash that found out that Brooklyn was cool. Mm-hmm. What, what year would you put on it, Brookie? Would you say 2010? They all figured out how the train worked and were like, <laughs> Brooklyn's neat. I love it here. It's art. <laughs> they were coming. Right? Yeah, maybe even as far as Hoboken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they would come and get a picture of margaritas and, uh, you know, just really act out their like music video from like a black eyed peas routine they learned at crunch onto me (laughs) i'm just trying to pay my rent bitch i'm just trying to pay my rent and get new headshots so um i'm gonna call her she was blonde i'm gonna call her jennifer m i wasn't i didn't think this was gonna be a lady touching you story yeah okay jennifer m was like she's she's the cool one you guys like she's like super bold and she's not afraid and she's like funny and the waitress the big dumb fat waitress was like trying to talk to this other table you guys what's really really funny is to pull her apron string really slow and when she turns around um act like you didn't do it so this fucking bitch reaches her little manicured claw out and starts trying to pull my apron string and i feel it and i'm like and, I, and the, really, my first thought is, no, <laughs> no, this isn't happening. Because if it is, it's going to end bad. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I have rent due. I, this is not the night I'm going to get fired over this. But I will if she keeps it up. And I put it on my mind. I feel it again. And I hear sniggering and, t- you know, tittering from her and the bros that are in like, you know, I don't know, those zip up fleece garbage people anyway polo shirt tr- trash so i i'm like i hear it i'm ignoring it i'm ignoring it because i got to get this order in because we're so slammed and i have five million other things that i got to do i got to pick up hot sauce bring this someone wants a sour cream that margarita wasn't supposed to have salt that one was supposed to be this boo, boo, boo. doing 17 things in my head and all i can hear is this horrible 
bitch going <laughs> and I can feel it. And my apron is sliding down Ugh. and I'm taking an order and they think it's so funny. And I have my, my, and I remember I, I got my order written. I snatched the apron at the exact moment. I said, thank you to the people politely. I turned around and I grabbed her hand. I caught her before she could pull it back. Um, and I, really hard dug my nails into it and leaned down to her face and said knock it the fuck off or I'm kicking you out myself and then I let go and I went okay and smiled silence just total terror silence because she thought she was so funny so then they call the manager who's our friend Daniel oh, come on wow I and love he goes <laughs> he goes over and goes oh I'm so sorry and listens to this whole tale that they've concocted where it, it's me um just being mean to them of and course. also all of a sudden my service is really terrible even though it, it wasn't I know when my service was terrible it wasn't so Daniel listens he's always oh, really interested in the story and then he goes can I ask a question were you the one that I saw pulling her, like literally pulling the string of her apron? Did you, what, did you need something? And then they look uncomfortable and they're like, well, but I was, we were just, and he's like, oh, so you were touching someone. You were, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for letting me know and walks away. Nothing. That's, that was it. They didn't leave me a tip. I really didn't give a shit. Dude. I would have been like, bye. Gotta go. I mean, I really was hoping I would run to them later. Yes. on the block so I could beat the living shit out of oh her my physically God, myself crazy. but it didn't happen so whatever <laughs> live yeah. and learn she lived she lived another day yeah unfortunately she, she could be dead oh she Jennifer M oh Jennifer M not a day goes Are by that I don't us? think of her <laughs> Ooh, that be a great cold open for the episode I don't, maybe she was maybe you ever know if you're ever wearing an apron and you feel a ghost tugging on your strings you might know that Jennifer M's no longer with us and she's <laughs> haunting you my dreams have come true. She's <laughs> dead. She <laughs> drank bleach. <laughs> that, that story really tugged at my apron strings, you know? Hello. <laughs> Here's a tip that is no longer applicable in the state of California in 2019, but it used to be my go-to and my showstopper. And it was when I worked at restaurants that served pop, as Brooke was calling Yay. it, um, I would always make sure I had no less and no more than five wrapped straws in my apron at any given time because inevitably if you try to bring them over with the drink something will happen someone will lose it it will fall there will be shrieking and shrilling always have like a straw ready to whip out as the person's asking my favorite to be like Neh. almost like shut up like getting to jam it at them so that was my tip no longer relevant in today's yeah, straws are just paper here you can have paper straws you know in your apron I'm i sure. guess that's true yeah it seems like our little growing listener base is definitely all over the country so they haven't banned straws yet there you go so enjoy it hey turtle killers here's my tip <laughs> <laughs> i got it here's a tip all right if you're apartment hunting which i just dip my toe in just to take a look if you see an ad on Craigslist that's too good to be true, <laughs> it, is. it is, and you will get a very lengthy email from somebody who says they're going on a mission, Yep, and you know they would sell the house, but they didn't have time, mm -hmm. so you should just swing by, send them some more information about yourself, and um, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, yeah. There's no world where you find a one-bedroom apartment in Silver Lake for $1,200. It just isn't, folks. Too good to be true? It, it sure is. is. Here's a tip, since I may be doing some Airbnb renting in the back again very soon, sooner than I'm maybe emotionally ready for. If you personally uh, live by yourself and do a little Airbnb, whether you're renting a room or something else in your vicinity and you are a lone lady, you make your profile say Brooke and Jeff or Brooke and Steve or Brooke and Killmonger. You know, you make your <laughs> significant other, who's definitely not real, uh, sound big and mean and nasty and you change all the language to we, 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 we. I love it. And you put up now photos. Now everybody knows. That's, that's, a, that's a good idea though. It's a great idea. Here's a tip. Wearing cute little sneakers without socks sometimes becomes a little a little stinky and you want to wear little socks with them i just specifically as an experiment which turns out it worked right um got short short like short workout socks but i got them like two sizes too small so they kind of just hug the bottom of your foot and now like they're great little like 
socks that you don't really see when you wear those cute little <laughs> sneakers. Kyle, why are you laughing so much on my tip? Because you can just buy no-show socks. Yeah, but I didn't want to fucking do that, and I didn't have. The, and then this way, I can still wear them. I'm multitasking, and I can still wear with sneakers. But this is my tip to give. Sorry. Some people might find this tip highly, highly useful. Here's a tip: if you like to listen to music before you go to bed at night, they're on your. Um, if you have an iPhone. On the uh, time app, or it's the clock app, if you go into timer, you can set an amount of time, and then it'll, and when timer ends, you, um, uh, you set it to uh, stop playing, and the music will stop playing. If you do that, and I like to listen to murdery shit, yeah. you don't need to be listening to that sub- you don't need it subconsciously in your REM all cycle. fucking night yeah. long, because then you have bad, bad dreams. Wow, guys. Thanks for listening. Wow. Wow, guys. Until next time. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, if you'd be so kind, please. What do we do? Follow and subscribe. Sub- and Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, subscribe, rate, and re- review. Jocelyn doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Thank you.